Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Our segment today is Big Business Advice for Small Business Owners. And our guest is Megan Sullivan, the head of SAP Ecosystem and Mid-Market. Megan, we're so glad to have you on our podcast today to talk about big business advice for small business owners. Great. Happy to be here to talk about that as well. There's lots going on in this space. There is. There is. There's been so much that's happened, really. And we, you know, you hear this ad nauseum about, you know, how businesses pivoted and and how they responded to the last three years of, you know, working in remotely versus, you know, the pandemic and the recovery and all the problems that bought. You do a lot of work at SAP with small business owners and mid-sized companies and your partners around the world and vendors. Let me ask you this. What are some of the things that you saw in the last two and a half years that kind of stood out in your minds in terms of the way that business owners responded to the pandemic? Yeah, I think there were two responses primarily that we saw. One was just survival mode, total Mm -hmm. chaos, like, oh my God. I mean, between the pandemic and remote work and supply chain issues, it was just chaotic. You know, I'd say that that was one side of it. Um, The other side of it is those business owners that took that kind of, let's call it downtime for lack of a better word. Yeah. And really put some planning and built some foundation while they had the time um, and, you know, put the pieces in in place for kind of when we came out of the pandemic. And, you know, eventually they all got there, but it was interesting to see who made that transition quicker than others and, and, you know, how much lead time helped versus kind of the chaos that lingered. Well, did they all get there? Because, I mean, what we we saw is that there were a lot of businesses that really got exposed uh, yes. you know, when the calamity hit and you, you realize that their their foundations weren't as strong as they thought. No, I think that's absolutely true. I, I mean, as we know, tons of businesses went under, which was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the companies I'm talking about were a little bit more fortunate in that SAP services them through partners and through our ecosystem. Yeah. So they had some extra support and an extra layer with our partners who were in there helping them make that transition. So they didn't have to do it on their own. So they kind of had the breadth and the depth of partners with SAP backing them, which was a huge advantage. And and I've had the the good fortune to work with SAP for a number of years. And I saw that firsthand. Uh, in fact, we put some programs together that kind of help your your partners outline what the next 30, 60, 90 days look like. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and and how how did the those partners respond to it when when you said, here we are, we're gonna we're gonna help you navigate these uncharted waters. Was the response different around the world? Because obviously people were experiencing the pandemic differently. So did you see different responses? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, China was way ahead of, of anywhere else because they were kind of in the pandemic and out of it faster than anyone else. And so a lot of the programs that we were doing, we were piloting in the China region and, and learned a lot from them before we could port it to other regions. So that was kind of helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, China went digital first very, very fast because they were ahead. So it was fascinating to kind of see the creativity come out of there. Um, Partners responded, I mean, customers responded very positively though, because it was chaotic. They didn't know where to go. You know, we had to pivot very quickly. 
it was interesting. I remember back in the beginning, it's like, well, we just keep all the messages the same. This is only two weeks. Remember that whole? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, we have to change everything. We have to change all the messaging, all the positioning, all the marketing tactics, like salespeople will not be calling in on these people anymore, you know, in person. Um, And so all of a sudden, like everything changed pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that your partners responded in kind that they looked at what SAP was doing and by taking your lead, they said, okay, everybody, we need to regroup. We need to follow suit. We need to change our messaging. Well, I mean, you know, some better than others, right? Like we had, we had some partners that got on the train very quickly, others that kind of were dragging their feet and kind of didn't know where to go with it. So, I mean, I, I'd say it depends. Yeah. The ones that got on it quicker and really kind of took the help and, the, and kind of embraced it, obviously, you know, fared better. But it took some a really long time to get there. You know, one of the things you, I had you on a podcast, I can't believe this was two years ago when we talked about women in the workforce. Right. Yeah. You remember that? And it was it was startling. It was a McKinsey report that talked about how uh, women in the workforce, the numbers were falling back to like the 1980s level because of how much of a struggle it was balancing work and home life. Did you see any of those struggles for either women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, or other businesses that maybe had to deal with some of these internal issues of running their company, running, a, a you know, now that everybody's home, we're on Zoom 16 hours a day, my kids are learning, you know, yeah. you know, going to class in the next room. Did, did you see some of those struggles? Absolutely. And I hate to say it, it's still happening. I mean, we are still not back at work. I mean, you know, some of these bigger companies are trying to put the mandate out three days back, five days back, whatever. Um, I was just reading an article. I think it was Google. They said, you know, everybody back in the office and now they're like, okay, we're getting emails every single day about exposure at the office. Now they're starting to rebel saying, I don't want to get COVID again. It's still out there. It's still super contagious. So we're still not back in the office. Um, you know, yes, yes, a lot of the small businesses are trickling back in the office, but it is still real. It's still out there. A lot of those women-owned, minority-owned businesses super struggled, went under, and or they were lucky enough that had a partner at home that, you know, is the one that kind of took the hit and stopped working so that, you know, their spouses could continue on or whatever the case may be. But it, we're still seeing women leaving the workforce yeah. and we're still very much struggling with kind of, you know, how to manage this homework life. It's still totally out there. Mental health issues are higher than they've ever been. Um, this is not over. In fact, I, I still think we're squarely in it, quite frankly, from a, from a working mom perspective and those trying to balance everything. I would, I would agree a hundred percent with what you just said with the women, women, uh, business owners, women leaders, um and and the mental health tsunami that is coming yeah. uh that that we're we're starting to see now you know they call it the great resignation they call it quiet quitting but but i think what it really is is this disengagement because people have just had enough they don't know what they want they just know that they don't want this and you know what's happening is the trend which is really interesting is that if you look at like really small business like the one to two people shops yeah you know, women leaving their either their companies or their businesses and, and hanging their own shingles and doing it on their own and working from home. That population has grown significantly. 
and people kind of looking at a different way to do it and kind of, okay, well, I'm just going to consult them. Um, and they're, you know, they're making a lot of money because consulting is, you know, they, they make some good, good cash in there too. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing this whole new segment of the market opening up, you know, in a much bigger way for, for one to two people shops. And that's actually one of the things that I've recognized as well with a lot of the work that we do at Small Business Edge and Brian and Associates. I've been getting a lot of emails from people asking me for advice on how do I start a business? Yeah. What, what, what are the first you know, five to 10 things that I need to make sure I do in my business to get it up and running? Yeah. And I mean, I sit here in the middle of the Silicon Valley. And so we talk with a lot of startups, the number of startups and people coming up with ideas to support those types of businesses. Fascinating. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, yeah. It's, it's really heating up, which is interesting. Well, there's been a record. So it's it, we track uh, what's called the EIN um, applications, employee identification number right. applications. Right. And there have been a record number in 2020, 2021, and it looks like by all indications, we'll have a new record in 2022. Now, historically, only a fraction of those applications actually become businesses. And people have a, you know, second, you know, thoughts about it. And, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, I just, I'm going to stick where I am. But I think what we're going to see now is that more people, because it's a great opportunity. I mean, technology has never been better. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, the idea of working remotely. Well, you've been doing it for the last two and a half years. So that, you know, the, the concept has been proven. Right. Now, if you can actually make money from it, I think people are going to look at that work life balance and say, you know, I'm going to go for it. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. To your point, too, a lot of people have left these big cities and moved to kind of smaller towns throughout the U.S. or even internationally. Like, oh, my gosh, the number of people I know that moved to Amsterdam or Portugal or whatever. And they're opening these small, you know, businesses, one to two people and doing it remotely. And nobody knows where they are. They're just doing a great job with it. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some advice now. Let's talk about it. So we've kind of set the stage of, of yeah. what the last couple of years have looked like. Um, you have so you have partners that come to you and they say, you know, Megan, what what does what does the future hold for us and our business? And and how do I how, how do how do I you know, get my company to navigate it successfully. I mean, you, you know, you, you've had to do it with your teams, I know, for the last two years. So what are you telling people in terms of staying on their customers' radar screens, keeping morale high, being able to move forward towards your goals? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions within that question. There is. <laughs> I would you can you unbundle know, it as you wish. You know, starting with the morale high, and then we'll move into the kind of tactical marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping morale high. I think the biggest thing is just recognizing that people are still living in hell, right? I mean, this mental health thing is, is really a big deal. And yeah. personal and work has merged in a way that it's never, you know, been seen before. And so I think just giving your employees a voice and the space to be able to express how they're feeling and what they're dealing with is a really, really big deal. It doesn't take that much time. It's more of just give them the space and the safety, the psychological safety to do that mm -hmm. and put some programs in place to give them some support because. You certainly don't want to lose them to other companies, you know, for sure. Um, you know, that's just just one thing. Um, as we get into a very tactical place, you know me, I'm going to always focus on the marketing side. Mm -hmm. Things have changed dramatically from a how customers buy. We've been talking about it for years, but kind of the actual reality of how they're buying is very different. 
it used to be very sales driven, right? You could go out, you could meet people, you could kind of get them on board, talk to them. It was very relationship driven. That is almost completely gone unless you're talking about big enterprise sales, right? Now, the way people are buying product is they're going to be, you know, talking to their peers, they're going to be looking online, they're going to be looking, you know, know, they're going to make their decision before they even reach you as a company or even reach our partners. And so that digital first, digital everything, digital everywhere, everything in the cloud, I mean, that is where it is at. So a lot of these companies didn't really have marketing departments at all, or they didn't spend much money on marketing departments. You know, they would go buy, you know, buy a box at Madison Square Gardens and, you know, entertain. Now it's let's, you know, employ three junior level marketing people and figure out this digital first stuff and put the blogs and the thought leadership and the let's get our name out there so that people can find us. That's what it's all about right now. And that space has become so crowded. Right. I mean, and and so the the complement to that digital first is social first. Wow. Right? Yes, yes. Yes. We 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 talk about a lot, you know, there are five ways that you can you can stay on the radar screens of your customers and prospects. You can email them, you can call them on the phone, you can text them, you can send them a piece of physical mail, or you can meet with them in person. And that's all gone. All five yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. And so, but so what happened was, you know, they said, okay, call, email, and text is really, I don't know if you remember that, like in the first six yeah. or eight months, uh, people didn't want to receive mail because they thought you'd get right. COVID through the mail. And right. I, I laugh at that because I thought the same thing. Uh, right. But uh, anyway, um, but then that became very, very crowded. And yeah. People got Zoom fatigue and and you started hearing, uh, you know, prospects pushing back and saying, hey, listen, we've got everything we need. If if anything has changed, we'll let you know. But, you know, we're good for now. And that kind of shut down that shut down the conversation. And and one of the things that SAP did really well in these workshops that that we helped you put together was this idea of uh, using social media as that sixth way because it's non-invasive and because it's um, an opportunity to engage with people and they could choose to respond when they want to. It's almost like on demand, right? But it's also social media in a very creative way. So social media with a link to an amazing storytelling or some kind of creative video or to your point, it can't be the IBC white paper anymore, right? It's got to be something super creative that that catches them. And that's the only thing that works right now because people are so sick of, you know, to your mm-hmm. point, join this webinar or whatever. It's like, that's not happening anymore. So do, do you have any ideas or examples of um, either social or digital media campaigns, either that you created or that you saw that just immediately yeah. mind? Well, the best piece of advice I can give right now is tell a story about a customer success. Like this customer did this and this is what happened and this is why it was amazing and this is how much money they saved or whatever. That's all people want to hear right now. They want to hear a testimonial, not from me, SAP, not from, you know, your company. They want to hear from a customer that bought your stuff and implemented it, had a great experience, saved a bunch of money. And why was it so great? They want to hear from a third party, not from you. Yeah. 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 And that, and that makes it unique. You, you're able to rise above the noise and the clutter. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, that's. But have someone else tell your story. I guess that would be my, you know, the main piece of advice. Yeah. And what about, what are some of the obstacles that you see going forward? Now, obviously, 
um, you know, you talk about people don't want to hear, you know, join this webinar or, you know, seven ways to do this or five ways to do that. Um, as you, as we look to enter, you know, Q4 of 2022, for a lot of businesses, this is a very important quarter because the second half of the year is always been there, you know, where they generate the most revenue, it's going to set things up for 2023. What are some potential mistakes that business owners uh, can make um, at the in the second half of the year? So I'd say don't overthink it. I mean, you know, some of these people are, well, we have to get a video production and we got to hire an agency and we have got to do all this fancy stuff around it. I'd say, you know, no, people are kind of into the more informal stuff right now. It, it d- doesn't cost a lot to do it. You just have to find a great customer uh, that, te- that you know, that is a, you know, a great storyteller. That's really important is get somebody engaging to do it. But, you know, I mean, like you and I doing this podcast, it doesn't look like you've got a bunch of expensive equipment behind you, right? You don't need that. It's just get real world, get real world examples, get somebody who's really engaging and, you know, you can do it quick and cheap. Yeah, it's it's a little intimidating for for people. I I struggled for a long time doing videos. I still do. I hate I I said, man, I got a face for radio and I'm just going to stick to audio. And and it's interesting because the videos that I've done have done well, you know, and that's what what I tell small business owners and 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 SAP partners. I will tell them, you know, y- you've got to figure out ways today more than ever to get on the inside of your customers and your prospects um, business, right? So that when they're shutting everything else down and because things probably will get worse before they get better. Right. And, and if that happens, they're, they're going to want to only talk to trusted advisors and allies. But, you know, that's exactly my point there, right? I would be willing to bet some of your most successful video engagements have been you with somebody else yeah. having a conversation and people learning from you and being really engaged in what you had to say because you become that trusted advisor. Like say you've got your customer sitting next to you saying, here's what I did. This worked well. This didn't work well. Here's what I'd do if I did it again. People really eat that stuff up and they want to hear from people that have been through it and what worked and what didn't and how can I get there quickly? You know, it's funny you say that because I was looking at my numbers uh, for our podcast. Um, now I've been doing this four years. A long time, yeah. Right? Four years we've been doing a podcast. The one I did with you on women in the workforce is in my top five. I think the one you did with your mom is probably number one. That's the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love that. She was, she was top 10. She she was yeah. actually top 10. The one yeah. I did with my son on World yes. Mental Health Day. On Mental Health, on yes. Downloaded podcast. I mean, you know, I, I'm the president of your fan club, so I've heard about <laughs> Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'll send you the royalties from whatever we get. Perfect. Our downloads. Um, but, but I mean, the point being, though, right, it's it doesn't have to be highly produced. It can be somebody who is passionate about their topic and you can be interviewing them. That passion is going to come out and people are going to really be engaged with that. So nobody wants to hear the buzzwords and the speeds and feeds and the features. They want to hear from a real person that had an experience and is passionate about it. Yes. And and genuine, authentic, sincere. Sure. And what can yeah. you tell me about the future? Absolutely. And, you know, just to pull some examples, like how did you deal with this supply chain? I mean, it, it crushed some of these businesses. I know you've done some great supply chain podcasts, but 
you know, how did you deal with it? What did you do? That's one. You could do another one on how do I get to digital marketing faster? Like what worked for you? What didn't? I mean, I, I come up with so many examples. How did you handle your HR processes? You know, how do you get through mental health with your employees? And there are so many great topics that you can hit with people who have been through it and, and really made the transition well and can talk about it. That's a great takeaway. So for listeners, um, according to Megan, the best one of the best pieces of advice she can give you is keep it real, keep it genuine, authentic, sincere, and help people solve a problem. And I'd add one more, keep it vulnerable. The best thing you can do is talk to somebody who failed and is willing to talk about it. Why did you fail? What did you learn from it? If you could do it all over again, what would you do? I find those are absolutely the number one if, if you can find somebody to do it. Oh yeah, I've done it. I mean, yeah. and, and and let me tell you, I've, I've I've shed a few tears on some podcasts, and yeah. you know, I, I I I did one a couple of months ago with a friend, and it was his podcast, and I was a guest on it. And um, we were supposed to talk all about entrepreneurship. We literally, it's like you, you got out of the gate and we made an immediate right turn. And we started right. talking about gratitude. And it was an hour long conversation on gratitude. Right. And you know, I mean, you're totally right. You think about it, like the best leaders will rise in times of the worst, you know, when, when things are the worst, right? Mm -hmm. The best businesses are going to, you know, find, you know, their their shining path when they failed the hardest. I mean, it's just true. Like life is messy. And so what did you learn in the messy times? Because when things are going great, you never really look back and say, wow, what did I do wrong? Because it was all perfect. But it, it's never perfect. Let's face it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and remember this. Here's another piece of advice that I know you often share. But if it doesn't kill you, it's <laughs> not that it's going to make you stronger. But it you have to deal with it then. Totally. Because some people, it doesn't kill you, but it knocks you down and it keeps you down. Right. And that doesn't make you stronger because you refuse to address the elephant in the room and the obstacle in front of you that you just can't seem to get around. Right. You know, Resilience. I mean, literally, yeah. it's, it's everything, right? Yeah. And and just well, look, and if it kills you, that's OK, because you're dead and you have, yeah, nothing, exactly. you have nothing to worry about anymore. But but that sort of resilience and, and just being proactive, going after it. Yes. I mean, I, I I've had, the, again, the pleasure of working with a lot of your not a lot, but a, a dozens of your partners who showed a lot of resilience in in uh, in the last couple of years and said, OK, Brian, help us figure out a way to make this work so that, you know, we can move our business forward. Totally. I mean, you could call it the courage podcast, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what happened in your business and who was courageous enough to figure it out and get through it and what they learn and, you know, what works now. And, and those people, quite frankly, are the best suited to also tell you what the future is going to look like, because not only did they figure out how to get through that pile of, you know, stuff when it was happening, but they also did a lot of research on, okay, what's coming. Right. What's your what's your quote about uh, courage? What I don't know what my quote is. I just think it's like it's, six it's seconds of courage. What oh, the twenty seconds of courage. Yeah. So that came from my daughter. I think it came from a movie at one point of how to buy a, or my, I'm going to buy a zoo or whatever that movie was. But she was really cute. She was on the kindergarten playground, and she said, "If I just have twenty seconds of courage to go ask this girl to be my friend." you know, then, you know, we'll, you know, it'll either fail or, or it'll be successful, but 
it's the same thing in business. Like, do you have 20 seconds of courage to go to your boss and ask for this? Do you have 20 seconds of courage to go to a customer who failed and said, would you be willing to do this podcast with me? Mm. Right. I think sometimes the hardest question will be the biggest reward. I like that. Write that down. That's a great, that's a great takeaway. 20 seconds of courage. Yeah. That's fantastic. And then the last thing I want to mention is you have a quote on your LinkedIn profile. So when I talk to people about being a great storyteller, you know, and, and for business owners, understanding why customers buy from you, what makes you unique, what makes you special, you have a fantastic summary. And it starts with a Brene Brown quote. What is that quote? Oh, gosh, I'm going to jog my memory because I don't have my LinkedIn in front of me, but I bet you do. What is it? <laughs> no, I'm saying it's it, it, it's, about, it's about, you know, showing up, having the courage to show up every yeah. day. It is. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a, my biggest motto for my own personal life is in Megan, I trust. Mm-hmm. And it probably says a lot of the same thing. It's like, you know, I have been courageous enough in the past to make some decisions and take some high risks and to have those 20 seconds of courage. And the decisions I've made today have served me pretty well. And so sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And so I kind of, for, for me, I say, okay, Megan, I trust. I know I'm going to make the best decision with the deck of cards I'm dealt with on this t- on this particular day. And so you just go with it. But, you know, you got you to gotta just jump off the cliff sometimes, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, understand what's coming on the way down. I mean, oh, for sure. Yeah. Don't, don't just say, hey, was that a backpack or a parachute that I strapped <laughs> no, on? No, no, You got to have some data to back it up. But, you know, yes. if you've done enough research and laid the foundation and looked in every corner and crevice and thought about, okay, gosh, given the deck of cards I have and all the, you know, suits and numbers, what's the best decision can I make in this moment or on this day or for this particular project? And you go for it. And if you fail, fail fast and course correct. And if you're successful, then hell yeah, it's great. But you know, you're going to fail too, for sure. That's great advice. You know what? And that's why I love talking to you about your approach to business, your leadership style. You do it from, you know, I say you have a lot of empathy in your position. And I think that you see the big picture. You know, and when there are troubles, you see the root cause of those troubles. You know, it's not something that just um, you deal with. I, I rarely see you deal with the same problem time and time again. Like, you-, I think, you know, you're right. And I think, you know, the secret to that sauce is that I always say five brains is better than one. I don't make decisions solely on my own either. Like, I really go out to your point that I get the empathy by talking with a lot of people. Well, what exactly happened? Well, what's this? What's that? Everyone's going to have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of gather all that data and you make the best decision you can based on you know a lot of information that you gather. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the last you know eight to 10 years that I've been, yeah. I've known yeah. you and had the pleasure of working with you and learning from you and, and having you share your wisdom and your knowledge and your experience with our listeners. Well, a lot of my knowledge comes right from you and all the, you know, all the conversations we've had throughout the years. So thank you too. It's been great. It's been, it's been my pleasure. It has. And, and uh, now if anybody has any questions about the today's podcast, certainly you can email me, which you do. And I appreciate it. Um, You can also reference some of the other podcasts that I've done. I think we've done at least two podcasts. We've done a few webcasts together, um, and I'll make those all available on our uh, resources page of, of this podcast. And I'd love to hear from people, too. So hit me up on LinkedIn. 
Megan yes. Sullivan at SAP. I'm easy to find. She, in fact, if you do go check her out and, and it's Megan Sullivan on LinkedIn, uh, and I'll put that her LinkedIn, um, contact in, in, on the resource page, but if you do read her summary and then read her experiences, um, she's a storyteller and, um, uh, she's fantastic. She, she is unique. That's for sure. Uh, a unique leader built perfectly for the 21st century. Well, I'm going to have to send you all my royalties now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Megan. Thank you for today. Brian, always a pleasure. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, you've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Uh, today's segment, which we do every month, is called Big Business Advice for Small Business Owners. I hope you got a, a, at least half a dozen key takeaways that you can implement in your business today about how to navigate the future and how to make the most of each day. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for another edition of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.